Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. Yes, I'm actually doing an introduction, just myself for once. Um, just to give you a quick heads up of the episode to come with Craig Berry. Um, I'm very excited about this episode. I'm just, it's, there's going to be a lot of great chat about it. I just wanted to do a quick message also just to thank you. Um, as of today, this is 13th of August, uh, we've had over 900 listens and views uh, across all episodes, across YouTube, across Facebook, and uh, through various podcast places like iTunes, uh, where else, everywhere, uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, just anywhere you could probably get a podcast, it'll be there. Um, so yeah, I just want to really thank you for listening, thank you for embracing the SWN podcast, and I hope we'll get more, more episodes soon. I've already got four more interviews to come in the next uh, four weeks or so, and uh, then I can open up. Once we get to about uh, two, three left, I'll open up the month and we'll get into September. But I'm really excited for what's to come and uh, hopefully you'll just continue on this journey with me. Uh, but yeah, that being said, if you want, if there's any sponsors out there want to sponsor an episode, and want to be included, want to have their, their uh, message read out in this portion of the podcast, and then please contact me, scottresnet at gmail.com. You can also tweet, tweet, tweet us or Facebook us at scottresnet as well. Um, I am the sole runner of the Twitter page, so um, it'll be me that you speak to. Uh, same Facebook, it'll be myself or Adam usually, um, but if you get in touch with me, we'll discuss it. Um, really want to get more people's eyes on this. I want to get your product out there as well. Why not? Um, we've got the SWM podcast. We as well make it uh, great for everyone. And I really hope that you enjoy the episode that's coming up. So again, thank you for watching and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host Billy, as you know, this is my face if you're watching on the video. I am joined this week by the Crimson Cobra from the Fife Pro Wrestling Asylum, Craig Berry. Welcome to the show. Hello. So we're going to just do the boring question because uh, that's what's expected of this podcast. How did you get into wrestling? Um, so wrestling, I got into that, um, I think kind of like anyone else does. Um, I ended up stumbling upon it on TV one time and I just really liked what I saw. I thought, this is incredible. And then years later, I kind of just thought, I could, I could probably do that. Turns out I couldn't. Because, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it just wasn't fit. And then a few more years later, I decided, well, let's try it again. And I've stuck at it since. And yeah, it's been a joy. <laughs> I quite enjoy it. So I'd where did you start don't know off? How else to say that? Yeah, where did so, you start off? Um, this is, well, it started off at W3L um, over when they were based in England office originally. Then they moved to Kirkcaldy. I'm actually not sure where they're based now because I stopped like keeping up with wrestling for a few years, especially around the independent scene. But when I was still in high school, I was desperate to like try and do an activity, and I remember like wrestling so. I tried to look for a wrestling school and W3L was really the only one in Fife at the time. So I went along there, I met Mike, um, 
met a few other guys that were there as well. And yeah, started that way. Um, I left just because I wasn't fit, I couldn't keep up. And uh, high school was being a bit stressful as well at the time. Um, and then, yeah, went to college, went to uni, got my degree. And then I seen FPWA were starting up and I thought, you know what, let's, let's try it again. And I've stuck with it since because I feel like I was in a much better position. Excellent. So when so they opened, what was it, September last year? August, September? So were you the first yeah, batch? Yeah, around about September time. Yeah, it was one of the first um, ones there. One of the FPWA originals is I'm going to call everybody. I'm going to start getting everybody to call each other that, but <laughs> it's not really calling it. But oh well. So how did so? I think if I mind right, when I was doing my research, because I did some research, um, you had a, an injury before you started actual wrestling. Is that right? It was a, it was yeah, knee? yeah, it was my knee. So there's this thing um, called Ultra MMA, and um, to around not just Scotland, but all entire UK, um, they do like it's like charity fights that they do to raise money for cancer research UK. And I seen that they were going to be in Glenrothes. Um, well, they were going to be hosting an event at the Fairmont uh, Pavilion, but um, and they were doing the training in Glenrothes. So me being me, saying, you know what, that looks fun. I, I, I could probably do that. Signed up for it. In the second week of training, um, I ended up, I'm not even entirely sure what I actually did. I, I remember just doing the exercises and twisting. And my knee, well, my leg twisted, but my knee kind of stayed in place, if that makes sense. So, right. like, I was pivoting. Yeah, it's not, it's not nice. <laughs> um, and eventually I found out that I ended up, I ended up uh, dislocating my kneecap, chipping part of the bone just below the kneecap off. That was fun. Uh, that put me out, well, that happened, and I want to say, that was probably around about March time last year. Um, so March 2019, and I had my surgery in about April 2019. And then I was at FPWA for September, which doctors told me not to do. So That, that was my first thought when you said that. I was like, that's what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what three months? Three back? Three four? I, I can't do maths. Five months. So five months from surgery, and you're you're, I'm assuming running ropes and and doing a lot of uh, strength things, which would take a, a lot out of your knees. So, um, what was it like? I mean, you, you did it with WTL for a little bit. What was it like getting back into the ring after having such a, a major knee surgery? Scary. Um, was really scary because I didn't. I actually thought about not doing it at first. I thought to myself, "No, this is. I'm probably going to put myself back to square one. I'm going to be in. A, I'm going to be in much worse shape than I was before." And yeah, just uh, <laughs> really scary. Once I actually got into it though, and realised, okay, my knees might be a little bit more stronger than I thought it was because I was doing like you know physiotherapy and um, I was doing rehab on it. I was going to the gym, just trying to strengthen it on my own while actually going to the physiotherapy that the hospital was providing. Um, once I got in there and started running the ropes, it was, you know, touch and go, I'd say, for a little bit. Like, some days I'd be, okay, I'm actually fine. The other days I'd be, oh, my knee's feeling a bit funny today, actually, let's take it easy. But after the first couple of sessions, 
I'd say it was fairly good. I still get a little bit of a, you know, jip every now and again, but I think that it's more now, now more than ever just because I'm not able to go to a gym and keep, you know, working out as much as I possibly can. The only type of exercise I get now is whenever I'm uh, walking to Asda, per se. <laughs> So I guess that's everyone's pretty much exercise routine. Well, mine's walking a dog. That's pretty much all I do for exercise. Um, yeah. But in fairness, when there was uh, everything open, that was my only exercise anyway. I have an aversion to keeping fit. Um, I prefer eating and not keeping oh, fit. Me, me too, man. Honestly. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you've got at least I've got a motivation now to, to, to get wrestling. Um, I saw before we started off this first tangent of the of the uh, show, um, there's a PlayStation controller in the background. So, yeah, because I've got no other segue that I can think of in my mind. White planes now. Um, oh, so I'm playing Fall Guys right now. Uh, that just came out. That's absolutely amazing. That's a taken over my life. And um, yeah, that not all I'm playing to be honest. It is just one of those games that just came out with the PlayStation Plus subscription. So that's. Uh, you know, such a fun game. It's really is how they're describing it. Is, um, is it Takeshi's Castle? I can't. I never pronounced that right. Uh, yeah, Takeshi's Castle, Castle, where you know, yeah. total wipeout, and it's really fun. The other games, the other two games I'm really playing right now, um, is a game called Divinity Two: Original Sin. Well, Divinity, um, Original Sin Two. Um, I'm not sure if anyone's really heard it. It's quite a good game. It's quite similar to like Dungeons and Dragons and all that, but video game style, turn-based combat lots of cool characters and a lot of great lore in this world that they've built up from um it's bad i actually don't remember the names but name of the studio but it's, it's a really good game you should check it out the first one's good as well and the other game um i'm currently playing is persona 5 the royal because i really enjoyed the first one um and this remastered remake well this remade version is just brilliant i keep getting told because i got a ps via um last year uh, for my for my birthday, I bought myself, mm -hmm. but it was for my birthday. And the first time I put out, like, going, I've got a Vita, give me some recommendations in Persona 4, maybe? 5, yeah. I don't know. I've never played Persona that. Persona 4 Golden? Yeah. That, that'll be it, yeah. Not, I've never never heard of these games, uh, but I've, I've heard great reputation about them. They're brilliant. It's like, if you're wanting to start off with like a good JRPG, then Persona is the way to go. I would always say Persona 5, that was the first one I started with. Um, but, you know, it's whatever you get your hands on, really. Persona is the way to go, though. Or Shin Megami Tensei as well. That's pretty decent. Yeah, I think my my, my uh, gaming prowess right now is is just Lego games. It's it's my just relax, chill out. I got a Lego Jurassic World for the Vita, so when I should be working, I'm usually just playing Lego. Uh, hopefully yeah, no one works. works work actually listens to this because that could be awkward um <laughs> right let's, let's swing back we'll come back to things like dungeons and dragons later on um because that'll be the thing i want to learn about um but we'll, we'll swing back to the wrestling just for a moment just so we can at least get the the wrestling part of swn uh ticked off yeah so you started watching again from my research about 2005 um and your characters that you really enjoy like undertaker Rey Mysterio check me right so, so is there any other favorites that you had um growing up or any that you went back to watch and and found to be amazing um apart from like really room Mysterio and undertaker i quite liked edge um 
just I don't know, just something about him. Just really charismatic, uh, really evil. I just I don't know why. I just I was a really weird kid. Um, I just really liked evil stuff. Like I used to watch a lot of horrors when I was younger, when I really shouldn't have been watching them. Um, and not, not saying that you know Edge is a horror kind of gimmick or anything like that, but it was just evil and had that feed with Matt Hardy that he had um, over like a real life kind of situation as well was I don't know just really good and made me like Edge for some weird reason when I really really shouldn't have liked him. Um, apart from that, uh, really like Chris Jericho is always a favourite as well. He's still one of the best, if not the best. Um, back then as well, I'm not really sure, it's kind of, kind of hard to remember, but yeah, I would say the all-time great for me that was probably Undertaker back then, it's just, as I said, I was a weird kid. Yeah, 2005, so yeah, I, I was more Matt Hardy's side, on Matt Hardy's side because I was a humongous Hardy Boys fan, so it was just yeah. going to be always the way, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Edge is just, yeah, that was the kind of, end of 2004, I think it was, Royal Rumble tested him for then upwards. That was kind of his ascent, wasn't it? Up into the into the world mm -hmm. title picture, and eventually winning it the year after in two thousand six. Um, so yeah, that does. I've just said that wrong. It was it was Royal Rumble two thousand five before anyone corrects me. That was when the the ascent started for Edge. Um, so so yeah, so so from there you you've got those as your favourites. Um, nowadays, is there anyone that you'd add to that list? I mean, Edge is kind of active now that he's injured just now but Rey Mysterio is still going Undertaker is apparently retired so who and Jericho is still kicking about so who, okay. who's who's your favourites right now whether it's WWE, AEW UK Indies, whatever um, So favourites right now, um, obviously I answered this beforehand um, on like one of the interviews I've done for SWM before um, it, has slight, it has slightly changed again, and um, just because, well, with the content that you know all companies are putting out right now in the current situation, there are somehow some new stars shining. Um, Chris Jericho is still always going to be up there, um, one of the all-time greats. So he's still one of my favourites, just because he is quite well flexible when it comes to like pretty much anything he does. Um, just trying to think off the top of my head, there like Tommaso Ciampa, still love everything he does. Not seen too much more. Um, yeah, it's just no, no, not really much more actually, apart from that. Really, than I, I love MJF. He's absolutely fantastic. Um, even though he's like, you know, I don't know what what too far is these days when it comes to um, living your gimmick, but he does it really well and. People still buy his match, so can't be that. Can't be that too bad, can he? Yeah, that's the thing. I, th I think I can't get on board with the MGF because of that. I like, I like having like when I watch the bad guys and all that, like your Alexa Bliss and and all that. Like they're really mean and that on on the, in the ring and, and all that. But you just get the peek behind the curtain slightly, and they're just nice. And I like that mm -hmm. when I know that they're characters. But with MGF, it's like I can't differentiate you between that and. I don't know why. I think I mean back back when I was younger, that would have been amazing. But nowadays, I just like to know that that uh, they're not horrible in real life. Yeah. You know, no. um, especially nowadays with all the evidence come out. I like to know that the people know, that, right? that I'm watching that um, aren't backstage just being exactly the same as they are and on front camera. But 
um, mm -hmm. that could be wishful thinking a lot of the time. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I'm going to throw out one of these questions that we've got because we've got quite a few of them. And we're going to start with Stephen Browns because he's put out the nice ones. Um, oh, right. And they're about wrestling pretty much. He's put out wrestling ones and then we kind of move on. Uh, so St Stephen Brown, uh, at Stephen Brown 456 on Twitter. Um, he would like to know what's your motivation for wrestling and what your future goals are. Okay, so motivation. Um, this might sound selfish, but it's for self-improvement, really. Motivation for that is I broke my knee trying to do something that I thought I could do, and I didn't. I just couldn't. And now I've kind of came back from it, and I want to try and prove myself that, okay, that last time was a fluke. It's a totally different sport. It is. But it's still physically demanding maybe i don't know i don't know which one is more physically demanding um because you'll hear arguments from both sides i'm sure but the motivation there is just to prove to myself that you know you, you could do this this could be something you could do you could make this a full-time job you can make this a career um yeah that's pretty much the motivation there and there was a second part to that wasn't there what was the second uh, part your future goals which i think future you're goals. covering a little bit with the, the motivation bit but is yeah, I want to like. I want to get there. Yeah, I want to make this a full-time job. I do want to make this um, not just a hobby, um, which I think um, a, a lot of people do when they come into and I'm not like saying that shouldn't be you know your mindset going into it because that's fine. Like you do what you want to do. It's your life. You do whatever you need to do. Um, but for me, I do want to make this a full-time gig. I want to make this my career. I would love to um, work for pretty much any of the big companies right now. Um, I'd love to work for AEW. I lo love what they're doing. I like how it's, like, it's almost, like, it's almost cool to, like, kind of be, like, an AEW fan because it's the rebellion against, uh, well, almost like the rebellion, like the revolution, as Cody puts it. Um, but on the same side, I would, you know, I think it's everyone's dream once in a while, like, oh, I'd be WWE champion or I. Like I once had a dream of saying I'm going to be the first Scottish WWE champion ever, and then Drew McIntyre goes away, and, or Drew Galloway goes away, and wins that for me. Um, but like, I would love to like work for WWE, AW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, and the Indies here. Um, I really want to do, and this might just be because I'm biased right now, but I would love, and I know it's probably going to happen. It might not. I'm saying that I might jinx myself. I'd love to do an FPWA show. <laughs> We were meant to do one and was meant to be the first student showcase. Um, that was meant to happen in May. And then obviously what's currently happening in the world kind of stopped that, which was sad. But yeah, other than that, um, goals-wise, I'd love to work for TNT Wrestling as well. Cool. Um, that's pretty much covering it. Yeah, when you're speaking about the, the different sports, um, I've, I've, I mean, I'm... I'm not one that's watched that much MMA uh, outside of just like maybe the odd Brock Lesnar fight when he was going and uh, the 30 seconds of CM Punk. But uh, there's, a there's a big difference. It's the MMA thing, it's more physical. You're not playing to a crowd. And then the wrestling, you've got to... Yeah. You've got, you've got to do the moves, make sure you don't hurt anyone for real. Yeah. Play with the crowd, get the crowd on your side or against you, whatever. And then you've got to put it all together for whatever, 15 minutes uh, from as soon as you come out of the curtain and as soon as you exit again. Um, yeah. So for, I mean, in my mind, I would say it's more 
not just physically demanding, mentally demanding. Because anytime I think of, if I, <laughs> for any moment I think I'm going to be a wrestler, or if I if I look at myself in the mirror and think, yeah, that's a physique of a wrestler. The rare times that happens, my brain automatically goes, "You have a terrible memory. You're not. You're going to forget everything you you know about wrestling as soon as you walk out the curtain." And I know myself, I would. <laughs> so I'd go out and go, yeah. oh, what am I doing here? Oh, this is a bad idea. I think that's <laughs> everyone's fear, though. I think, <laughs> I think that's everyone's fear. Like, I know that's going to be like one of my biggest fears of when we do finally get to do that show and we do finally get to like you know, debut each and every one of us. I think, for me anyway, it's going to be a case of, okay, just don't mess this up. You're going to get through that curtain and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna smash this. You're gonna get there. And as soon as I walk with that current, I know for a fact there's gonna be a little, you know, seven to ten year old boy, just shout, just shout and call me fat or something like that. And that's gonna totally throw me the rest of the way. I'll, I'll be a face. I'll be, I'll be booked as a face. And I just know for a fact I'm gonna turn on that little boy for whatever reason. It's like, oh, I'll just go heel. No, I'll be face to everyone else, but it's heel to him the whole night because of that. Yeah, if, I, if I've learned anything from going to shows, kids are the most brutal of uh, critics because they they judge you as soon as you go out that curtain. If you're bigger, they'll go, well, you better be a good guy because otherwise I'm going to call you fat the whole night. <laughs> it's they're, much... just, they're just brutally honest. That's, that is, kids have no filter. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what makes them brilliant, I think. I did a, I did a show, my, my very brief wrestling career, I, I was just, I just did speaking and uh, I went out and this is pretty much, I looked like this, but I was wearing a, a shirt and tie, a clip-on tie, which I lost very much. Every time I went into the ring, it was gone. Um, okay. But as soon as I went out that curtain and I scowled at someone, I was baldy the whole night. Didn't matter what I did. Didn't matter what I said. I was baldy. And I don't think anyone learned my name. So it was, yeah, it's kids, just brutal. Um, yeah. So I, I did have a train of thought. There's one last kind of wrestling question, and it's from Omar Mohammed, and it says, "When are you going to grow out the diesel power mullet?" Ah, uh, okay. Um, I feel like there's a you, story behind this. Th there is, there is. Me and Omar have this because um, Omar is obviously in trains with us at FPW. Um, he's really talented, a really cool guy, really nice guy. Probably one of the nicest there, to be honest. Um, he, he won't like me saying that, but <laughs> we kind of have this like little running joke that we're like the Diesel and Shawn Michaels of FPWA, I don't know how it came, but okay, maybe that's maybe that's going a bit far. We're just Diesel and Shawn Michaels. Like eventually, I'm gonna come out and be as heavy, like be his bodyguard, and it's gonna be that Diesel Shawn Michaels aesthetic to it. Um, like, and I think that's why he wants me to go with the, the mullet, which you know I'm all for. But um, to be honest, that's um, not something the family want me doing. It's not something the girlfriend wants me doing. So I mean, I'm all I'm all for doing it. Like, but it's gonna take some convincing, I think. Every so often, you'll come by with just one leather glove, going, "Yeah, come on, okay, come on, you come on." I'm, I'm tempted. Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, it is something. That, it is something that you know we, we briefly discussed. But who knows what will happen? I want it to happen, and you know, let, let, let's let's start a hashtag for it. You know, get get a, get a team together for it. <laughs> uh, speaking of tag teams. Uh, when all this lockdown started, we did the uh, tournaments, uh, the mega tournaments of Doom, the tag team, whatever I called it, uh, <laughs> Battle Bowl, that's what I called it. Never and uh, we had a, ta a tag team by the name of The Chaotic Connection. I wonder who that was. Which was yourself and Joe T. Nova, who oh, yeah. FPWA as well. So yes. 
he did promos, which was very like kind of you. Um, well, I'm disappointed in that, by the way. <laughs> disappointed in that because I think me and oh, who else, who else did promo? I think um, Johnny Reeves did one from FW as well. I'm pretty sure he put one out as well. But like, I didn't see a lot of promos coming that way, and I thought that was going to be like a big part of it, which. I, I hope so as well. I mean, Brent, uh, Brent Carter, of course, uh, as part oh, of yeah. Scrandalorians, they put out some stuff, uh, which was wild. Emily Hayden got toasty involved. So, I mean, there was stuff yeah. about, but yeah, it was just a bit odd. But I, I wasn't expecting anything. It was just a, a, a fun joke that I had, and it suddenly spun into graphics and and people taking it very seriously. <laughs> oh, yeah, like... <laughs> When uh, the the guys from Aberdeen started taking over matches, oh, and don't! Folk were just getting furious. <laughs> I remember, um, I remember a Twitter exchange between me and Vago, and that was that was fun. I can't, I couldn't tell if he was joking or not. Put it that way, and I would like to get some clarity on that eventually, because like I do, I have helped out at wrestlers on show before, and I've met him, but now I feel like if I go back and help out, <laughs> then I'm just going to get leathered. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was fun. Yeah, uh, Vega's already uh, drawing the ire of, of, of Brent Carter with uh, pointing out that he's the heavy metal hooligan. And um, I think we'll have to get Mickey Vega on at some point. At least I can ask him um, if, if, if any of the FPWA guys come up. It's all right. It's all cool. It's all cool. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, to be fair, I mean, you've got me and uh, Joe Tinova. We can go, we'll gladly just have a match now. Because believe it or not, see when um, that was drawn. And you pulled both our names out, and we got put together as a tag team. Like we were just thinking to ourselves beforehand, oh yeah, this will be quite a good opportunity to like you know, network. We'll get to meet, like you know, um, or get to chat to some of the guys in the industry, more experienced. We can learn. We can maybe make a few contacts that way. And then you slap us two together, and we're like, oh okay, so this is a we're getting put out in the first round. This will be great. <laughs> but <laughs> it was it was weird because we then eventually started talking. I mean, you know what? If like this does well, or whatever, or. This I wouldn't actually mind being a tag team. Like he's Joe, Joey said that to me, and I went, "Yeah, that's fine. We, I, I would actually love to be a tag team as well." So I'm, I think we could possibly be good at. So you managed to create a tag team. You probably created several tag teams from that tournament, to be honest. But you managed to create a tag team. I'm not sure if we're sticking with the chaotic connection as the full name. I like it, and I think uh, Joe likes it too. So, but yeah, so you created a tag team. Yeah, that, that was the thing. I think uh, Rain and Colton Davis as well. They're still. Like tweeting back and forth, and I'm just like, yeah, I said no, no expectations when I started that. I was just amazed people wanted to take part, and then, uh, yeah, it seems to, it, everyone had a lot of fun, especially when it came to managers. That seemed to be everyone's kind of <laughs> reason for being involved. And so I had to, well, there's Mickey Vago again. He's getting lots of mentions in this one. Who just who just ruined it by by having oh, everyone. Yeah. Um, so I had to everyone. I had to impose rules. So I didn't want to, but I had to make rules. Just for I mean, Adam's I, sanity. I know. Um, I was going to say something, was it? Oh, yeah. Um, what I was really surprised at was just, like like I said before, me and Joe thought to ourselves, that's it. We're done. We're going to get one mention here. First round, we're out. And then we got to like the semifinals, which we weren't expecting whatsoever. And by that point, we're just thinking, oh, okay, let, let's win this. Come on, we're, we're going to win this. And we were just really annoyed that it was one vote that put us out. And we still remember that. That's our little, we're, we're clutching onto that as like a, um, you know, like our claim to fame almost. 
the semi-final of uh, the Battle Bowl, the SWM yes. Battle Bowl. Um, so you did Mont- you did uh, wrestle in Montrose, wasn't it? You did the, yep. the setup for us. So what was it like? Because um, at that point, we've only seen WCL, FPWA. What was it like being backstage in that environment in a totally family-friendly show like WrestleZone? Oh, it was, it was good. I'm gonna say weird just because I've never I'd never actually like been to a live show before, um, like work or sorry worked behind a live show before. Um, I've set up rings before, obviously. Um, I've done all that, but it was like in that live show capacity. Um, we got there. We got there quite early, actually. We got there about an hour earlier than we were supposed to, so we tripped to subway. That was fun. Um, when the WrestleZone crew arrived, it was a case of. Um, Gathering inside, like the ring, the, the merch, the lighting, the um, sound system, all that, set everything up. We mainly just helped with the ring, um, just because that's the heaviest and probably the most complicated to set up. Um, did all that, helped set up all the chairs, and then, yeah, I, th- I think a lot of us were hoping for a better ring time, to be honest, um, just because... You know, we 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 trained twi- we were training twice a week at that point, and you know we were really enjoying it. A lot of us that were going there were just wanting more and more ring time as we can, because you know when you first start out, you just want to keep getting better. Then again, ring time, which was totally fine. Um, short schedule, it was fine. Got there, show was really good. Um, I never actually been to a wrestlers on show before at that point, so I never like got to experience um, like the live kind of. Their live action, obviously. Um, really good show. It was a bit weird, like being a runner. I'd never been a runner before, so it was obviously just helping, like, take things backstage when needed. If, like, you know, West came up with their gear or whatever, like, luring entrance anyway. And then afterwards, it was, you know, uh, stripped down, giving into the van again, and head home. Go home about one a.m. That was that was great. <laughs> so that's so that experience as well, of course, would, would mean. Um, I suppose right now you would kill for that but uh, oh, yeah. that, that experience of, of seeing these how other shows work um, would also be great so is that um, set up through of course uh, Andy Wilde who have been wrestling on that show um, and possibly through Johnny Lyons who I think would have like he would have retired at that point um, so what was it like working what's it like working with Andy? I've never actually worked. Um, you mean in training? You mean you mean that? Oh, in training, sorry. Yeah. Oh, in training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's really, really informative. If I'm completely honest, I'm not just saying that because you know he's he's my trainer and I go to, and I go to um, FWA. Like he is probably the best trainer I've had in anything I've done. Um, not just in wrestling, like in like that two weeks of MMA that I did and broke my knee. Um, He's really informative. He takes the time. He like takes into account your like abilities and your. Um, I don't want to say disabilities. I want to say your, like your disadvantages. For example, like when I first went there, I was completely honest. I went, look, I've just came out of surgery about a few months ago, bad knee, and he does take that into account. Like um, he doesn't like let me off easy. Like if we're doing like a extreme workout, like you know, if we're doing a burpees, for example. Um, he might say to me instead, okay, don't do that. You can do, um, for their 10 burpees, you do like, you know, 20 press-ups, something like that. Um, just keep the body moving. It doesn't, it's not like he just says, like, Craig, take a, take a seat there now. It's a case of he'll just find something else for me to do. He, like, really adapts to me as well. 
Um, he's tough but fair, I'd say, um, which I think everyone should be. Um, and yeah, and again, I'm not just saying that because I go to FPW and he's the trainer there. I'm saying that because it's true. I always get the impression um, when I ever, ever I speak to Andy or if I, I see his, his kind of uh, stuff on the FPWA Facebook page, he's, he's one of those guys that won't expect you to do anything that he wouldn't do. So if he tells you to do 10 burpees, he'll be there going, I'm going to do them as well with you. Oh, yeah. kind of so he's, he's very much a lead by example, not just sitting in the corner going, run ropes. Yeah, no, and he and he does do it with us. That's the thing. We do this horrific one. Um, it's like like a card workout, which is just a full deck of cards, and he'll write down on the whiteboard um, hearts, like any card that has a heart on it. Um, you do uh, like you know setups and however many numbers, like whatever numbers on it, that's how many you do. So like you five hearts, you do five setups. Or if it's like a jack, a king, or a queen, um, or an ace, then you do ten, which is, you know, absolutely lovely because there's a bunch of them in the deck. And we don't like that, but yeah, and he'll do them all with us, and he will compl- like he will say to us like, "Oh, this is absolutely horrible, guys, but come on, we can do it." And it is like motivational, as just saying like, "Okay, this guy's not just. It's not like he's just you know taking our money and telling us to do stuff. He's actually doing it with us and showing us what to do at the same time, and not just for the warm up for." every move that we do and I've, I've got to say we do we do get quite I'm gonna say spoiled because there's stuff like at training that we'll see him do that I'm not seeing him do in the ring in a little bit like a long time I'd say um, so you know we, we get treated to that um, so I think I think that's enough wrestling chat just for the moment we're gonna go back to some more random questions um, Brent Carter who was last week's it wasn't it was pro Diazler, Wait, it was our guest two weeks ago. Um, that yeah. you can also listen to that interview on uh, YouTube and everywhere. To everyone who's watching, uh, how many McNuggets is too many McNuggets? Again, is this an insider joke that we don't know? No, this is the first of me hearing it, and like the, the answer is you can never have too many McNuggets. Like that was my thought. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, Brent, come on, pal. Like, I can we go to training, but when we get back there, I might have to smack you for that comment, <laughs> that question. Jeez, oh. I mean, my, my th- I know. I think I read online somewhere that if you have like a hundred of them, you're not gonna have a good time. But if you have a hundred of anything, <laughs> then of you course have you're like not. Good time. Exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, fair enough. Like, you've seen if you've seen like Super Size Me that documentary, then yeah, fair enough. But just let me let me eat what I eat, you know? Like, just let me be let me be happy. Come on. That's a, that's my tradition. Well, if if we go, to, I take my wife to the wrestling. I say take, drag. When I drag my wife to the wrestle, um, <laughs> for wrestle zone, the tradition is we either go for a pizza hut beforehand, mainly because yep. it gets her happy to go to the wrestling, or we have to get McNuggets on the way home. Sometimes both. Most often, well, yeah, so why not both? Uh, well, usually because insider tip here, we have our pizza, but we keep half of the cheese. Uh, oh, right. The crust the cheese crust and when we get home bit of garlic mayo dip that's, that's a, a wee post wrestling treat <laughs> and, the, and, the, 
Andy's going to be listening to this and being Craig. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> like, don't do not do that, Craig. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so if, if I feel like I think for is like I've earned this. I've watched you just ignore me for three hours. I have earned these, these this cheesy crust with garlic meal. Yeah, um, <laughs> so uh, another of the most random questions before I, I delve into things I want to know about anime and D and D. Kevin Williams, which. From this point forward, it's just going to be a staple question. So, Kevin, you don't need to ask me to, to ask this anymore. Favorite dinosaur? Barney. Just straight up Barney, the purple dinosaur. Barney is a dinosaur from our imagination. He's he's great. Uh, do you have a second favorite dinosaur, or is it just Barney? And Archaeopteryx. All right, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's that from? So I, I... <laughs> What? <laughs> but I, I, I seen the I seen the question and I thought I I need like Barney's obviously answer. This is the first thing that popped in my head was Barney, and then I thought okay, and no, no, I need a serious answer. And Archaeopteryx uh, was the first thing that came to my head, and I want to say that um they're like the, the ones that are about the height of us maybe, um but they're not have, raptors. I know that much. Have they been in a Jurassic Park film? Probably. Um, they're probably in the background somewhere. To be honest. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> For anyone who wants to check that out, do it. Uh, right, okay, so the dinosaur question has been and gone. So if we can just move on now. Dungeons and Dragons, I know nothing about it other than anything that I've seen on Community, any TV sitcom, or I watched that film, Dungeons and Dragons, which didn't really make me want to know more. Um, how yeah. did you get into it? A lot, a lot of. I got into it when I was at uni, actually. Um, so I went to university in Sunderland, uh, the University of Sunderland. And um, I was studying broadcast media production, BA honours, um, mainly in radio, mainly. Um, I did a bit of TV. Well, no, I didn't, actually. I did a bit of journalism. That's, that's what it was. But I did TV stuff in the journalism part of it. Um, anyway, so they obviously have their... Um, like student-led clubs and all that, university, like your sports teams and all that, but me being me and just wanting to be lazy for my entire university um, run was just a case of, I'm going to try something different. And I'd heard about Dungeons and Dragons, um, and it always seemed like a fun game and something I wanted to try because I, I felt that I was very creative. Like I did a lot of drama in my high school years, and um, I just kind of thought, you know, that, that sounds fun, Dungeons and Dragons, pen and paper. Um, Fair enough, I may not like the writing, but I can roll dice and I can pretend to kill things, so that, that sounds fun. So I went along, and the first D&D game I actually played wasn't even D&D. It was, um, basically, it was the Star Wars role-playing game, um, which they Wizards of the Coast, that, that run D&D, they'd released years and years ago. It's owned by someone else now, I think. I can't honestly remember. But the first D&D kind of game I played was a Star Wars one and it was a, a Sith campaign. I don't know if you ever, this might be a silly question. Have you ever seen Star Wars? I know that um, you've seen, I think from the last podcast I heard with Brent, you said that you were, you'd seen maybe the, the original trilogy in the prequels. Yes, and yeah, Revenge of the Sith kind of killed up any joy I had for Star Wars. Uh, ah, so, right. well, actually no, Attack of the Clones <laughs> did. Revenge of the Sith kind of just went, this is okay, but no, it's not. So I'm prepared <laughs> to get a lot of hate from people that are 
fix Star Wars fans. That's a lie. I did watch Force Awakens. I'll, I'll, I'll recount that from last week. I did watch Force Awakens, but that's, that's about as far as I've got. That's fair, that's fair. Um, but yeah, so this, this game I played was basically just um, a Star Wars D&D game, but it wasn't D&D. It had its own system, its own rules, which I only played the one game of, so I can't actually remember most of them. I just know that um, in this story, this game we were playing, we were going to a Sith Academy, which it was set way, way, way back before um, like the prequels or anything like that. So... Like, if you ever played the Knights of the Old Republic video games or anything like that from Star Wars, then you might know what I'm talking about. Um, so it kind of set back then, and that was that. Was that. I can't remember too much about it. But then the second game I played was actual D&D, and that sort of thing has kind of got weird because I've, I've got the books and all that, but it's a lot of reading, and each book, the main core books anyway, if you want to like play Dungeons & Dragons, I always suggest going on to... Um, the D&D Beyond website or just, you know, D&D, the D&D website and just learning as much as you can on the website for free before purchasing like a PDF or the actual book. The book itself that I bought, which you can buy from um, like, you know, a Waterstones or any other kind of online bookstore really. Um, you can buy it, but it's going to cost you like £40 <laughs> just for the book. And that that has everything you need in it, though. It has, um, you know, the races, the rules, the classes you can play, the spells um, that aren't in the expansion books or packs. Um, it even comes with, like, a D&D character sheet in the back, which, you know, sticks in the back. However, you can go onto the D&D website and download PDFs of D&D character sheets for free and then print them off. There's a tip for you guys. If, so you don't have to buy character sheets from, like, comic book stores or something like that. Um, or you can just do either and grab an A4 sheet of paper and then just trace a copy from a picture you've seen online. That works as well. Um, yeah, it's a very complicated game, I would say, but once you know it, it's easy, if that makes sense. So a lot of math is involved, which can be off-putting, but it's simple math or maths. I'm not American. I must remember that. Um, so, but yeah. Do you have a character name? Do you have your character that you use? I have multiple characters. I'm actually a player and the DM or, or a dungeon master, as um, they get called, or a game master sometimes. Um, the main one that I usually play is a character called Greywall, which is um, a wizard um, who just does whatever he wants to do, really. Um, I've used him as both a player and a DM, and the player game that I've played him, on, played him, played as him, he is just a, you know, he, he tries to be like you know, the mom or the dad of the group, but he's ultimately just a baby. He's just the character that, you know, will try to act like, you know, adult, but then, you know, somebody will look at him funny and they'll go, ah, fireball, you know, like, kind of, like, screw you kind of thing. <laughs> But as when I'm DMing, if I'm running the game, if I'm writing the story and I'm, you know, running the game for the players, there's always a recurring theme in my games where he is the one constant character where I have made him somewhat of a godlike being who can travel through dimensions, which is the only way I could um, think, sorry, the only way that I could um, justify him being in so many worlds at once um, because my players don't take kindly to my... Uh, well, 
I want, I want to say a word that you've told me I'm not allowed to swear so <laughs> um, <laughs> to, to, your, but, to your BS for just going uh, yes, he's here there we go <laughs> ah okay yeah, him again there you go so, ah cool um, yeah um, I'm currently, I currently run a few games and now I've got a few people that, well a few of my work buddies that want me to run a game for them and I'm telling them I can't right now because of lockdown but still um, so yeah um I don't know. Is there anything else you want to know about D and D? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I think I've, I've learned a little bit there. The only thing that kept popping into my head is I recently finished Community. I don't know if you've seen Community. Um, I've heard of it. I've, I've heard of it. I've not. I got a chance to watch it yet. Well, they run a, a, a couple times in, in the run. They run a D and D game, um, which is pretty much like I said, my, one of my only experiences of what Dungeons and Dragons is. And there's a recurring character called Hector the Well Endowed. And it just pops into my head. And any time when I saw your profile, I said Dungeon Master, I was like, Hector the Well Endowed. And it just forever pops into my head. Other thing you were talking about is radio um, as well. So this is something that we kind of have in common, uh, as in I did hospital radio for a bit, um, mm. which didn't really go well because I kept forgetting which songs we, we shouldn't be playing. I was, there was a list of inappropriate songs to play in a hospital and uh, they're the best songs you play that's the but when you give me a list of songs i can't play it's the only songs i could think of to play so things like tiny tempers pass out was inappropriate and uh it was just it was just as soon as i saw the list i was like well i think of no other songs now that is the songs i want to play um so i'm assuming you did something a bit more substantial than playing let's get ready to rumble to people possibly on their deathbeds uh so what what was what was your experience doing radio uh, broadcasting and what was it like yeah um so i started radio when i was like 14 and doing community stuff i didn't just walk into like bbc and say i'm doing this now um no i started off in community radio um a place called um king Lasse, um that was there was a it was a sorry i can't speak there was a station there called K-Town FM, which was run by um, Fife College at the time. And I just went along because my uncle was um, doing the same kind of course I would eventually go on and do. And she just said, you can come along, um, you can be my co-host, that'd be awesome. I'm like, right, no, no problem, I'll do that. And then about a month later, he left and I got left the show. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is new. So I had to quickly learn just... Um, like you know what to do what to say how to like you know put a link together how to um you know line up your next song what to talk about what not to talk about everything like that and which would eventually lead to me saying you know what i could i could probably make a career out of this um and i decided to enroll in fife college which we would then start doing the fife college radio um we do a few things there I then got the opportunity to go and work with Kingdom FM while at college, um, which is um, Fife's number one radio station, or, well, East of, well, East Lothian, really, I think. Um, that was fun. I got to, I, I never got to, like, go on the air with them, like, all the time. I was never, like, run, I never got to host a show, for example. I, if I was ever on the air with them, it would be to, you know, provide, like, a commentary on maybe something they're talking about, or um, if I'm answering a question, if they need, like, somebody to come on. But I would, if I was ever working with them, it would always be like at live events or if they were needing um, some like stuff done out and about, we work with them. When I got down to Sunderland, that's when it kind of started to like take off a little bit, a little bit more. 
Um, so while I was doing university there, um, studying for my BA honours, I joined up with Spark FM, the radio station that was led by the students of the, there and the, at the university, which was an award-winning um, radio station. Now, I started doing that. I just kind of walked in and said, hi, I'm new here, need to do a show, anything you can do. They asked me what I liked, and I said a bunch of stuff. I said wrestling, I said rock, I said um, pretty much anything I could really to get me on a show. They put me on a show called um, Takedown, which was um, their staple rock and heavy metal and punk kind of show, which was really fun to be a part of. I got to host it a few times, which was great. I was usually just there to, you know, review songs and um, just, you know, be in our voice on that, yeah. I then met um, a guy who has done, done quite well for himself, actually, in the radio community. Um, he's currently does, I think, for um, Sunderland and for Rocker Report, which is the Sunderland FC, uh, you know, fan kind of podcast kind of thing that they do, which is quite good. But me and him, a guy called Johnny Goldsmith, ended up doing a show called Rope Break, which was um, the wrestling chat show of um, Spark FM, which managed to, I'm not exactly sure what episode it was, but I remember it being an episode where we had just like four of us in the studio just laughing and just not taking the show very seriously, reviewed Raw, reviewed SmackDown, reviewed pretty much anything we could, and just started laying into like all the wrestling tropes. Um, we managed to get to the top, the number five spot on the sports chart, I'm pretty sure of, I want to say SoundCloud, because it wasn't MixCloud, it was SoundCloud, I think, which for a long time I was like, oh, well, might actually be might actually be good at this. Um, I ended up then being nominated for the Alex Stream Radio Awards, which I didn't win, but um, I got nominated for Volunteer of the Year. That was fun. <laughs> and then afterwards, after all that, I decided to try my hand at doing my own show from the ground, from the you know build up from the ground up, and that was an anime talk show, which I thought this seems like a like a city that's going to be full of like you know anime fans and weebs and all that but yeah it was it was half and half it did well i think it just you know never got to where i wanted it to be that was a show called hadouken um and that was fun i then moved back to scotland radio wise and it's just been kind of here i've always like kind of figured like wanted to well express my interest in like doing commentary for wrestling and all that i've tried a few times to like, you know miss people i remember when fcw um were starting up obviously um and they were they actually put out a thing saying like oh you know we're looking for commentators and own experience in this kind of field and i sent my application and <laughs> i never heard anything back and i was like oh i even sent them a demo and everything and i'm like oh okay cool this was when i was doing fcw as well and it was you know, I just never heard back, but you know, that's fine. This kind of thing you expect. Other than that, though, it's been kind of, you know, stale. Um, so you mentioned anime. Um, I, I don't want to just because we've been talking for a little bit. I don't want to keep you a whole evening. Um, top I don't five. Know, I've got better to do. <laughs> top five favorite <laughs> animes. What, what would what would your list be? Oh, you have to ask that question, eh? Um, okay, so top five um, would probably have to be um, in no particular order. Um, okay, actually, no. Number one spot would be probably be like the Dragon Ball franchise. 
just because I'm a massive Shonen fan and Dragon Ball's just great. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, we don't talk about Dragon Ball GT and then Dragon Ball Super. Like, you know, like the three Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Super are just amazing. In my opinion, no one can tell me any different. And then the rest, it kind of goes like, you know, My Hero Academia, Naruto, um, One Punch Man. I just like that. It's pretty funny. And um, Fairy Tale as well. Okay, so I'm, I'm learning a lot. At, at, at some point, this is going to end up just being a dinosaur and anime podcast, judging by the, the conversations we've had. Um, I mean, yeah. Guests, which, you know... I mean, if it works, if it gets me the views, then, then why not? Exactly. Um, so we've got our segment that you were fearing. Yeah, uh, from last week, we started the, the 10 count. And I have a list. I've written it down. Uh, so it's very easy. I've pretty much picked out names from past interviews you've done with us, which anyone can check out on the SWN website, swnscotland.wordpress.com. Go to interviews, and then we've got a... We've got a nine count with you, uh, which is nine basic questions. And also, Westy did a, a more in-depth interview with you as well, which if you actually want to know more about wrestling, that's probably a better place to go than with this podcast. But we, we, we still spoke about wrestling. Probably the best place, yeah. So, number one, FPWA. So, hang on. I'm actually telling you the rules. It's word association. <laughs> word association so I've given you time to think about that one number one FPWA amazing number two Edge Radar number three Andy Wilde inspirational number four Rey Mysterio great number five this, this is on depth number five Undertaker scary <laughs> Six, the Chaotic Connection. Greatest tag team to not debut yet. Seven, Ross Hunter. Going to be great. Wait, yeah, talented. There you go. Eight, Johnny Reeves. Going to get battered when we get back to FPWA, probably. Nine, Crimson <laughs> Cobra. Scary. Sorry, terrifying. There we go. Terrifying. Number 10, last one. Greatest of all time. Me. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I want to change that. I want to change no, no, that. no. no, no. Lock that answer in. No, no. Oh, you're locking that in? Okay. <laughs> great. Uh, no, who, who would be the greatest well, of all time? She was Jericho, is it? <laughs> yeah, I'm Jericho. Definitely. Greatest of all time, Jericho. Cool. Right. So I've got one more question and we'll do your social medias and that. Um, so, how did you come about with the Crimson Cobra name? Yeah, um, so that came about when I was just uh, with one of my friends just trying to come up with ideas because originally um, I was going to go with the name Jack Henry, which I kind of thought to myself, that, 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 that'll work. Um, but then somebody pointed out to me that that sounds an awful lot like Joe Henry's name. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe not then. Thanks for that, you know. I thought it was a really cool name. And, that, and that's funny because of my two middle names. So I thought, oh, I'll make away with that. But then I just say, you know what, we'll just go with my real name and then we'll come up with a cool nickname and we're just kind of spitballing ideas, like something that would like, you know, be kind of cool and be kind of fearing. And then 
it just came up well. Like my friends suggested that oh maybe go with something like you know something like a snake because they're you know pretty you know devious and all that. And then I just kind of thought to myself, uh, well, what about the Crimson Cobra? That was the first thing that kind of popped in my head because double C and it kind of made sense. And then I got told, yeah, that's it. Keep that. You need to. You need to keep that now. So because of my friend, I'm getting called the Crimson Cobra. Um, I mean, there's worse names you could have come up with. It could have went, uh, you could be Craig Straw. Very. Uh, so there could have been a yeah, lot of settlements. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I actually, I thought I thought of like a gimmick like that as well, just for the name, and you know, I just changed my gear color, and depending on the gear color, that would be the bear I was that night. So oh, that would actually be amazing. Very. You you would run into problems probably don't, because I'm, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> You probably run into oh, problems. Oh yeah, yeah, that one like, definitely. Yeah, all right, yeah, you know the one. Um, so yeah, so yeah. <laughs> blue bray, I know the one you're bray, Yeah, <laughs> there would be a definite problem. Um, okay, so I think that's that's a, that's a good way to round <laughs> off. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Um, so you can find me on Facebook at Craig Berry um, Wrestler. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Craig Berry One Hundred One. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all my socials. Cool. So <laughs> if it's not, I'll, I'm sure I'll, I'll tag them in somewhere. But thank you for joining us uh, for this episode of the SWM podcast. Um, yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been thank, a very educational for me. time for me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. And if you ever need another um, guest or even a co-host for like any podcast you're going to do, then I've got the experience. Just, you know, give me something to do in lockdown, please. <laughs> Well, we have. I have been uh, just going on on Twitter. Was it capitulating? I think that's the word. Speaking about doing another podcast, but I kind of want to just try to at least do one of these interviews a week without it going totally wrong. As uh, oh, yeah. as we have to pray for, hashtag pray for laptop every time I start one of these. I've already had the internet pop up going. Internet is unstable twice. I'm like, oh god, no, not again. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll bear that in mind. We could be. I can't think of a of a cool. Strachan Berry combination. Um, could just call it the BS podcast, but we'll come back to that. Um, Good day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. But thank you for joining me. <laughs>